The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenberger, and Skiba presents the 24th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Banditos' fresh made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Halk. Notre Dame, Clemson. Two powerhouse programs that have been playing the game for a very long time. But there have only been four matchups between the two in their long histories, and each game has had national title implications. In 1977, Joe Montana and company traveled to Clemson and escaped with a 21-17 victory. The Irish went on to win the national championship that year, and 36 players that participated in that game went on to NFL careers. In 1979, Clemson set a Notre Dame Stadium record by running the ball 74 times and came from behind to defeat the Irish 16-10. The Clemson program, it is said, turned the corner that day under second-year head coach Danny Ford, and two years later, the Tigers won their first-ever national title. In 2015, Clemson was led by Deshaun Watson and ND by Deshaun Kaiser, and both teams were undefeated. The game was played as the outer rings of Hurricane Joaquin engulfed South Carolina. ND had fallen behind 21-3 going into the fourth quarter before a furious Fighting Irish comeback fell just short when Kaiser was stopped short of the goal line on a two-point conversion attempt with seven seconds left. Clemson prevailed 24-22 and went on to a 14-1 season, their only loss coming to Alabama by five in the national title game. The two teams met the last time at Jerry's World in Dallas in the college football playoff semifinal in 2018. After one quarter, the team seemed evenly matched, but a key injury to Irish cornerback Julian Love in the second quarter was the only opening sensational freshman Trevor Lawrence needed as he tossed three TD passes before half and Clemson cruised to a 30-3 win. A week later, the Tigers pounded Alabama 44-16 to win the national championship. This week, national championship implications once more are in play as Chapter 5 will be written in the short but significant history of the Notre Dame-Clemson rivalry. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling, only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. Raise the bar. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I've found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, 
and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Sharon McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere, and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441 8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, I, I just want to say that while I don't make a habit of revealing who I vote for, for to anybody, but for my decision last Tuesday, it did come down to Trump, Biden, or America's foremost authority, Tim Priester. <laughs> and, and I didn't vote for you, Tim. I'm confessing this to you because I figured... That with this big game going this week, you were kind of busy, and there were probably more important things in your life. I did. I stopped campaigning once it once it became number four versus number one week. Yes, I, I appreciate. That. I admire that actually. So, <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk a lot about Clemson, but uh, soon, and that is the reason why you had to stop campaigning. But first. Uh, we need to put to bed the Georgia Tech game now, Tim. It was a bit of a uneven performance by the Irish. Jumped out to a quick lead, uh, about to go in for another one. And I had visions of uh, of Virginia last year because Kyron Williams put the ball on the turf and Tech returned it ninety three yards. Tie game. The Irish did score the next twenty four, and most of the day you shut the Tech offense down. Did the Irish do enough in this game to make you feel confident going into this week? Uh, going into the week, no. As I studied Clemson and, and con- some other considerations in the matchup, you feel better about it. But no, coming out of the Georgia Tech game, I, you know, when all the emphasis by, by Brian Kelly, um, you know, prior to Pittsburgh, was you, you, every performance counts, and you got to build in order to be prepared for what lies ahead. And I thought they left they left some points out there on the field at Georgia Tech. I, I thought it was a 38-7 game that ended up 31-13. And you didn't have the trepidation with that that long return um, to the extent that you had against Virginia Tech because you knew that was going to be a battle to the end. But you're right, Phil. The defense was great again. Um, and, and that was, again, there's some Georgia Tech weapons there. Jameer Gibbs, he's a good running back. Yes. and but they've done a good job against some dangerous quarterbacks. Um, Jeff Sims is is going to be really dangerous. And you know, I think back to Malik Cunningham and what Notre Dame did to him and the Louisville weapons back then. So, yeah, when you have a defense like that, you, you know, you can so – a lot of times when you give up a 93-yard fumble return, you don't win that game. Um, but there was never any doubt about that. But the offense just – 
didn't continue what you hoped that they would do against Georgia Tech. They had to continue, in my mind, to uh, improve the passing game. I mean, it's pure and simple, and they, they remain inconsistent in that area. Hopefully they'll get consistent this week. Uh, Tim, on defense in the game, I, I'm puzzled by the depth chart at Buck Linebacker. Uh, Jack Kaiser just seems to be better than Shane Simon. And it's been going on that way in my mind for at least the last few weeks. I think you might agree with me on this point. Why isn't Kaiser playing a lot more? I I think it's a good question that I don't necessarily know that I have the answer to. I mean, you have to respect any decision Clark Lee makes by putting Shane Simon out there because Clark Lee is a really, really good defensive coordinator. So, you know, I, I think it – you know, maybe a little bit size and a little bit more maturity being in the program longer than Kaiser has. I certainly think that Kaiser has the, he has the feet. I think he has the instincts. I think he has the film study to be a good linebacker. His, his time will come, whether it's at the expense of Shane Simon or somebody else or somebody changes positions. I think Jack Kaiser is going to be a, a productive football player for Notre Dame. But for now, Shane Simon is the choice. And uh, Notre Dame is five and zero with him. Wait, four and zero in the starting lineup. Five and zero with him playing, and six and zero with the one game that he didn't play. So um, you just like to see him be a little bit more yeah. productive than he's been up to this point. Well, Maris Leofow, I think, fits into that equation as well, and out for targeting this uh, coming week for the first, first half. half. So by default, if nothing else, it looks like Kaiser will get more playing time. Uh, Tim, election day this week, and as a result, the Irish took Tuesday off. Uh, NCAA election day rule. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, and how did it impact the practice week? Because I think the impact was significant. Yeah, and the impact was detrimental to the players and coaches. I, I understood why they wanted to keep election day free, and it was it was done with the, the best of intentions. But by the time Tuesday came. 90 of Notre Dame's 114 players had voted. And I don't think those other 24 were local kids that were going to run out to the, the, the local polling booth. So, you know, what it did was it forced Notre Dame to, to come back from Georgia Tech on Saturday night and to begin Clemson week on Sunday as opposed to Monday. And then they had to treat Monday's practice like a Tuesday, which meant that there was some physicality involved with that practice 48 hours after they played the Georgia Tech game. So it was all well-intentioned, but I think it really uh, compressed the week for the players and coaches and and made preparation a little bit more difficult. Well, like you said, I I think the intention was nothing but good, but uh, unintended consequences sometimes aren't considered when those decisions are made. Let's hope it all works out. Now, Brian Kelly, certainly aware of the gravity of this week's matchup against uh, number one Clemson. Fair to say that on Monday, he was a little ouchy in his press conference uh, when asked about uh, this game being a measuring stick for his program and whether it's what they need to really pop into the elite. Um, yeah, I, th- was, go ahead. I thought it was an, a bit of an unusual, quote, performance. I guess every press conference is a per- performance to some extent. And when you do about 50 of them a year, you know, maybe you're not always going to be right where you need to be. You're in the midst of a season, lack of sleep, illness, who knows? Uh, not not saying that there's any illness involved, but it was, it was a little bit quirky. It, and he was a little bit sensitive to people asking him about uh, not coming through in big games. I, I, I kind of think that that's um, 
established in fact. And I think it's the kind of thing that you have to wear and own and just move on from it. He didn't do that. Uh, for me personally, it kind of struck a nerve or whatever that's worth. I don't, you know, I guess I don't really have a right to allow that to strike a nerve, but I just thought it set the wrong tone for the start of the week. Now, Thursday, he was fine. Everything's back to normal. It's it's Clemson. You don't win or lose a game in the press room. I get that. Uh, but he was sensitive. There, there's no doubt he was sensitive, and he needs to win a big game, and he's got a big game sitting right here in front of his face now. Well, he's entitled to uh, uh, feeling Certainly. feeling that way. Absolutely. Uh, he's under a bit of pressure now. But let's, let me put a question this way. If Notre Dame does win, how will the perception of Brian Kelly – and the Irish, uh, how will it change? Well, it should change significantly for the better because I think it would be his biggest win uh, as the head coach in Notre Dame, second to Oklahoma all the way back in 2012. I know that there will be fans for and against Notre Dame, media for and against Notre Dame, and those that are objective in the middle that will say it would be tainted without Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and, and, and I get that. And COVID is different than an injury. They Clemson has injuries on the deep, some significant injuries on the defensive side of the football. And that's viewed as part of the game. COVID isn't. And without Trevor Lawrence, it would make a difference. They do have a five-star quarterback in his place. Uh, but he's just making his second start. So, I, I, you know, in some people's minds, it would taint it. I, I don't. I don't look at it that way because I think COVID in 2020 is just part of the game. And uh, a win over Clemson would be hugely significant for Brian Kelly and Notre Dame and would put them in a really good position to get to the ACC championship game with two tough games coming up after Clemson, no doubt, at Boston College and at North Carolina. Absolutely. Well, you know, always very high expectations of Notre Dame fans. Uh, We certainly know that. But, uh, you know, a win – is going to be a great accomplishment for Brian Kelly, and I think it does improve his stature as well it should. Now, Tim, uh, you've been around a few big games over the years. How does this game feel to you as far as the hype surrounding it? And, you know, to me, the hype is is really, it's the pep rally. It's tailgating in the Joyce lot. Eighty, Can you imagine what that would have been like with 65 <laughs> degrees on Saturday? 80,000 in the stadium, 100 extra media in the press box. Uh None of that's going to happen, so you know, it's just got a completely different feel, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. The build-up to 93 Florida State was was truly unique. So is, so is 88 against Miami, but five years later, there was more media involvement. Every day was an event w- with the media, so the build-up was, was greater, and uh, what ultimately became ESPN's game day started for, for Florida State. But, yeah, without the fans, it'll be different. Without the... Uh, Without the full press box of media, it will be very, very different. But opportunity is still the same, and it counts just the same, if not even more. And we were talking, Phil, about games Notre Dame has been involved in uh, against number one. I've been to eight, eight of them. This will be my ninth. And there's been uh, there's been some big wins there at the start of my career as a young at a very young age. And uh, in the middle of my career as well. So looking forward to number one versus number four. Always exciting. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about those number one matchups you've been to. As you said, eight. And I think you said you're you're four and four in those games. I've been to four uh, games against number one matchups in my life. Uh, I'm two and two. So we're both going to get that that 
uh, tie broken. Uh, let's let me just. I've got the games listed that you've been to. Uh, let me just pull one out and just tell me what your memories are from that game. How about the 1982 Notre Dame versus Pitt game? That was a great memory that people don't talk about much. It really was, and it was my second road game in the industry uh, covering Notre Dame in '82. And yeah, I mean the expectations weren't great. Dan Marino was the quarterback of Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was ranked number one. But Alan Pinkett ran 76 yards for a touchdown, and Notre Dame uh, upset number one Pitt 31 to 16. Yeah, great, Alan Pinkett, great, great running back, and one more to to hit on. Tim, the, uh, an under, underrated game, and I think you made that point in your column this week, the 2000 Nebraska uh, game, which was a loss, but that was a great game, a great football game. And the stadium, unfortunately, was kind of red that day, as I recall. Yeah, it really was. It was during the Bob Davey era, and it's really forgotten. I, it, frankly, a lot of the details elude me. Uh, but I think, you know, Nordian fans in general have kind of forgotten about it. And I think a lot of it had to do with the, the Bob Davey era was – Miss, hit, miss, hit, and miss as far as each year, um, you know. And so that put a damper on that. But that that was a great game. 24-27-24, is that what it was, Phil? Exactly. 24-27. I think Alan Rossum, didn't he return a, a kick for a touchdown yeah. that day was, was the highlight I remember. And I, I remember being in the stadium and – not feeling so hot about all that red in the stadium. We've seen that, unfortunately, before. Now, Tim, uh, let's, let's go back to last Saturday afternoon. What was your first thought when you first heard that Trevor uh, Lawrence had COVID? My first thought was that people will not give Notre Dame the credit if Notre Dame goes ahead and beats number one Clemson. That that was actually my first thought. But, you know, I mean, in addition to that, you don't want that to happen to Trevor Lawrence. And you want to play you want to play Clemson at their best. Um, you know, and again, COVID is different than injuries. Injuries part of the game. You accept that defensively with with Clemson missing their best defensive tackle and their their two best linebackers. Uh, but Win or lose, there's still a good chance that Trevor Lawrence will get a chance to play against Notre Dame uh, in the middle of December in Charlotte. So that should uh, that should even out for Trevor yeah, Lawrence. A, a reasonably good chance that happens. My first thought was, I hope he's okay, and I think that was certainly yours as well, as you just said. But my second thought was, so what five star is his backup? And we've certainly done all we can to find all about that young man, who I'm going to talk about very soon, uh, Tim. Another question about Clemson. Has Notre Dame closed the talent gap with Clemson? Does, do, do they pass the eyeball test now? Yeah, and I think I think a lot of it is because of the talent that has left the Clemson program since they last played in 2018. T. Higgins, Justin Ross, who's still on the roster, but is, but is injured. That defensive line that had three first-round draft choices on it. Isaiah Simmons is one of the most freakish uh, you know, second level linebacker prospects that, that we've seen. Uh, and then the injuries to, to Tyler Davis and, and, and Mike Jones and James Skalski on the defense this year. There has been, you know, and, and they, and they have talent. They have more on the way and they have more in the lineup, but it's just not as developed and mature as it was. So I think from that, more than anything, uh, Norton continues to recruit well and continue to build a good, a good solid football team and build depth on defense. But I think more than anything, the difference or, or the gap closing since 2018 
has been the exit of a lot of really, really good. I didn't even mention three quarters of the secondary. They got drafted last year from Clemson. Uh, a lot of really, really good Tiger uh, Tigers personnel that's left. Well, they've continued to recruit well, and I. but I actually thought in 2018, Notre Dame had closed that gap significantly, and uh, hopefully uh, it'll be just a little bit more, enough to put them over the top. One quick hit, Tim. Uh, that game then that we saw uh, between uh, Clemson and Boston College that week, of course, it's a future Notre Dame opponent the week coming and Phil Jerkovic running the show for BC. Early thoughts on BC and Phil Jerkovic based on that performance? Really a dangerous football team, especially if Notre Dame comes out of this with a win. But either way, a dangerous football team. Jeff Halfley's done a really good job there in his first year. And Jakovic's playing well. I, you know, he's not playing great. I, I think a lot of a lot of Notre Dame uh, fans that I converse with or communicate with, you know, they want to they want to find a way to put him down because he left Notre Dame. Well, yeah, because he's only started like six games in his in his life. But I think he's done a really really good job. And and he you know he knows where his receivers are. He finds them. He delivers the football. He's taking too many sacks. Uh, and they don't run the ball very well, but they've done a, they've done a nice job defensively, and Jerkovic's done a really nice job. I don't I don't wish him any Ill, Ill will more than anything. I wish he was still wearing a Notre Dame uniform now, so it could be the starting quarterback next year. But Notre Dame didn't they? That's on Notre Dame. They it's on Jerkovic and Notre Dame. Jerkovic didn't handle the pressure well when he was at Notre Dame, and Notre Dame didn't coach him up well. I, I don't think they gave him what he needed in order to progress and your job as a coaching staff is to try to make sure that everybody progresses. Boston college is getting the best out of them and he could be a handful next weekend. Yeah. I think there's a good chance we'll be talking a lot more about him next week. Thanks Tim. Coming up, it's the all time Irish hero key to an Irish victory injury report and the world famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the fighting Irish fact of the week brought to you by Ron wise and the wise insurance agency. This is the 347th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shining the light into my room. Oh, I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom. If it shine a little light into my room, all I want is some sunshine, sunshine. Shining through these windows of mine, and I want it to be easy, easy. Your Bushies. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushies. Your clear choice is Bushies. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. 19 of 22 starters for the Irish in the first ever matchup against Clemson in 1977 went on to play in the NFL. That group included Hall of Famers Ken McAfee, Ross Browner, and Joe Montana. 
Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the fourth-ranked Irish are at home against number one Clemson this week. But you knew that. TV coverage on NBC starts at 7.30 p.m. South Bend time, and it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons, we share your boating passion. This week, we continue our series on the great pass receivers of the Brian Kelly years. When Will Fuller, a four-star wide receiver prospect, flipped his commit from Penn State to Notre Dame in August of 2012, Notre Dame fans had no idea the thrills and electrifying play they were in for. Six foot, 186 pounds, 4'3 speed as a freshman in 2013, just six catches, but he averaged 26.7 yards on each of them. In his sophomore year, Fuller emerged as a full-time starter and quickly became the favorite target of Everett Golson. He tied the school record with 15 touchdowns and put up 1,094 yards on 76 catches. And he specialized in catching the long ball. Eight of his touchdown catches were for over 20 yards and two went for over 70. In his junior year, Everett Golson was out. And after a season-ending injury to Malik Zaire, Deshaun Kaiser stepped in and Fuller showed instant rapport. Kaiser entered the game against Virginia after Zaire's injury, and the Irish trailed by a score. What ensued was one of the most memorable plays in recent Notre Dame history. With 12 seconds left on the clock, Fuller flew past the Virginia quarter into the end zone and gracefully hauled in a 40-yard touchdown pass in stride to give the Irish a stunning come-from-behind victory. Fuller's stat line that day against Virginia, five catches, 155 yards, and two long touchdowns. Fuller ended his junior year with 14 touchdowns, 62 catches, 1,258 yards, and an amazing average of 20.3 yards per catch. Postseason, he received significant All-American recognition and made the understandable decision to take his game to the NFL. Tim Wool Fuller combined skill and speed with a knack for the big play. Is he the top pass catcher of the Brian Kelly era? I would say single season, yes. And and I you could pick one of two seasons really yeah. if you wanted yeah. to, because he had fifteen touchdowns his 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 sophomore year and fourteen his junior year. And then you mentioned that that junior year, sixty-two catches. You know, he, he had he had more than two hundred yards receiving that year than he did the previous year when he had fourteen more receptions. Twenty-nine touchdowns in two years. I re- I remember seeing him I remember seeing his high school film. You said he was six foot. 186. Well, when I saw his high school film, I bet he was six foot 158. You know, he was really skinny and he could catch the ball and you saw the speed, but you wondered, you know, how would it translate? I ended up, I ended up giving him a very, very favorable review and thought that he would excel in Notre Dame, but not to the extent that he did. And then to parlay that into a first round draft choice, I don't know that he had first round draft choice hands, 
but he was a first-round draft choice in terms of productivity and speed, and what a big play performer he was. Yeah, a first-round draft pick of the Houston Texans in April of 2016. He still plays for the Texans and has continued his big play ways, struggled with some injuries, uh, but still scoring the long touchdowns. Will Fuller, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Tim Clemson is 7-0. and They're ranked number one in the last five seasons. They are 62-4 and and have won two national championships. The last time they lost a regular season game was October 13th, 2017. And last week against BC, they had to come from behind to post a 34-28 to win. Yes, all-world quarterback Trevor Lawrence is out with a COVID issue, but... There is a pretty good player backing him up who has a strong supporting cast. Freshman DJ Uyagalele is 6'4", 250 pounds, and was a two-time high school All-American with a five-star recruit. Last week in his starting debut against Boston College, he was 30 of 41 for 342 yards and two touchdowns and added a 30-yard touchdown run. Not particularly experienced, but the kid can play. The Tiger offense, of course, does not stop at the quarterback position. Senior Travis Etienne has already piled up over 1,000 rushing and receiving yards and has scored 11 touchdowns. Amari Rogers leads a deep receiving core with 40 catches for 586 yards and six touchdowns. The Tigers are number two nationally in scoring at 46.1 per game and 10th in total offense. Defensively, they have had some injuries up the middle and are young on the back line, but they remain loaded with talent. 10th in total defense, 11th in scoring defense. They are among the best in the nation with 65 tackles for loss and have totaled 28 sacks. The Tigers have picked off nine passes and have in total forced 13 turnovers, third most nationally. Balance on offense, pass rush, run stoppers, turnovers. There just aren't a lot of glaring weaknesses here. I guess that is what you expect out of a number one team in the nation. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Well, Brian Kelly insists that Notre Dame will be true to form, and they're going to try to run the football, and they have to run the football in order to be successful. I think that that defensive front is uh, is a little bit vulnerable to the run. I think Notre Dame can run the football better against Clemson than they did against Pittsburgh. I think Notre Dame, though, in the end, offensively, they have to keep them honest, and, and I don't know that you can do that with your wide receivers because – uh, you know, I don't know that Notre Dame can get us the, the separation that they need. I have the most confidence Ben Skoranek over Javon McKinley. But I think it comes down to, Phil, you've got to be successful in the passing game. And I think you can do that with, with Tommy Tremble because I think that Clemson will focus on Michael Mayer. So I think Tommy Tremble has a day. I think a slot receiver like Avery Davis has a day. Those two guys will match up against linebackers and safeties. And then you have the screen game to Kyron Williams. So you got to do it a little bit left-handed. It's not the typical down-the-field wide receiver passing game, but with a running game with those other assets. All right, find some success in the passing game, and that may come down to Tommy Tremble, Avery Davis, and finding Kyron Williams in the screen game. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Uh, I already tipped my hand, Phil. I think it's Avery Davis. I, I, I think uh, I think Avery Davis coming out of that slot position, we've seen him start to make progress in his game. He's going to be matched up probably to one of one of Clemson's safeties. Uh, I think there's a little bit of talent there. I like Nolan Turner, but they're young. 
I think Avery Davis ends up making the big pass reception for Notre Dame. Well, Avery Davis is your Aspen Mortgage Key Irish player this week, and I I, I love what he has brought to the field this year uh, in his last year. Well, of course, everybody's got one more year of eligibility after this year, but he has played really well. An appropriate Aspen Mortgage Key player. For all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the Injury Report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 20 Indiana locations. Tim, a pretty good report from Brian Kelly. Uh, I think, again, how do the Irish stand health-wise going into Game 7? Yeah, it'd be nice to have Braden Lindsay for this game, but I don't think that that's realistic. We all saw how badly he pulled his hamstring against Pittsburgh. So I think he's out. He's probably out next week, too, against BC. Then you have the, the bye week so he can finish strong over the last three games. But no Lindsay. Tommy Kramer, some people may have noticed, Notre Dame starting right guard left the lineup in the fourth quarter against Georgia Tech. It was more a precautionary thing, uh, and Notre Dame had a lead. We reported shoulder. Brian Kelly said back. I don't know if it's one or the other or both. Uh, he's The fifth-year senior is a little bit banged up, but it, I, I think he's going to be ready to go. So pretty good report for Notre Dame heading into the biggest game of the year. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says Clemson by five and a half. That may be six now, actually. What does America's foremost authority say? With Trevor Lawrence in the lineup, I, there's no doubt in my mind I, w- I would pick Clemson. And then, you know, you, you throw in the fact that they've had some injuries on defense. But it's not just the injuries on defense. It's three-quarters of their secondary from last year that were drafted in the first, third, and fourth round. Isaiah Simmons is a great player. They don't have him anymore. Uh, you know, they're, I'm not saying that they lack talent. But I, I'm, I'm what I am saying is that Clemson lacks the developed talent that they had two years ago against Notre Dame. It still comes down to Ian Book. Ian Book has to have a solid day, has to protect the football, can't turn it over. They've got to be able to run the football. But in the end, I think Notre Dame has enough offensively to take advantage of the injuries and the issues on the defensive side of the ball for Clemson. I've got Notre Dame 24, Clemson 23. 24 to 23 in favor of the Irish Number one versus number four is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Tim, this will be a first, and here goes my prediction. The Irish have closed the talent gap, and I see their chances as better than in 2018, but they have got to show me consistency in the passing game, and they can win this game. But if they don't have that, again, they just have to show me. My heart is elsewhere, but my head says Clemson 27 Notre Dame, 16. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.